your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. You are your mind of just a solid fucking little block of loudness in the fucking corner of the room. You need somebody to come over there and tuck you in. That's what he's got me for. Okay. So, fuck, I need to get that paper out again. I already forgot your fucking name. It's all right, Chris. Fucking. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't even know how I'm going to draw your character. Just um, whatever you want. Can you make him, like, sub-zero, <laughs> except, like, I don't know, with, like, I don't know. He shoots, right. like, dicks out of his hands. And he has, has a red what's, what's a very nihilist thing? Like, what are they known for? Other than the hatred of, like... Life and life. hope and optimism. Um... Blatant acceptance of the void. That's good. But how do you draw that on a character? Um, in a room of darkness. Okay. <laughs> I like where this is going. I was going. Gonna say, maybe just two X's <laughs> over the eyes. Oh. With a sub-zero mask. And we'll, like a we'll, dick, we'll a get dick there on the front. You know, I'm not going to have to draw his character for like three months at this point. So it's, it's, it's true. The YouTube, the YouTube moves at a half pace that the podcast does. <laughs> Shit. Okay. We're, we're starting. This is, we've started. This is Lots of Pasta. This is a podcast where we read and discuss and talk about the spoops and the spoopy things in life. And with me today, I have Tenron Otrin. Hello? Ten, Tenron o- Otrin? Tenron Otrin. It's my alias. It's what yes. I go by in the professional world and the uh, recreational world. Mm-hmm. I, uh, recreational drugs. I, I came upon... Well, yeah. That's, you know, the, they, you know, when they offer me the... Uh, is that old Mr. Otrin? And I'm like, well, you know, it could be better. But <laughs> I, uh, I came upon the name uh, when I was trying to... Uh, hype myself up for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the MMO. Such a good fucking game. And I never played it because my computer crashed. Ah, so I, cr- I created the I created the the member profile. I, I was I gilded up. You know, I met like I met people online, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be the, the, this class, and then we're gonna you know, yeah, we got excited, but then the computer crashed, and I never got it. I never and played never it. Did it. I've never played it. Even to this day, you've never played it. I've never played it. Shit. I, I've I've only watched like. Gameplay, yeah, like a, like a let's play. Ah, fuck. Mm. That's all right. And you're such a huge Star Wars fan too. Yes. Um, that's another thing that we have in common. Uh, I, I met you in an acting, acting, acting program when we were in our adolescence and things were still a little bit more hopeful. And Jesus. When we didn't quite has have as many disorders or you know I, I problems, was, problems I was, with living at life. that time I may have been in the midst of a giant disorder yeah and it was called being a little a little bitch <laughs> I was gonna say we have that in common too I think uh, one of the, one of the reasons I I took to you so well is that we were just both little weirdos yeah. <laughs> And our sense of humor was very much akin. Like, similar to now, back then, I deluded myself into thinking I was being ostracized by 
all my peers, but it was really me who isolated myself. And, and very, very accurate. <laughs> that's the same way today. In fact, <laughs> I just accepted. <laughs> I, I, I just like I don't remember exactly what the first thing I said to you was. I don't like. I'm talking like folks. Like I just turned 25. I had to have been 12, 10 to 12 at, when yeah. I met you. Yeah, and I'm a little bit older than you, so like. I think... I would have been red nine. Did you start as a red shirt? I'm probably going to cut that. But I, like, I, we, I started as a uh, green shirt when I first started Oh, but when, I, but when I met you, were you a red shirt? Yeah, I was Okay, red. so we were both The youngest. Red. So we had maybe three three to four years of yeah. red, red shirt, green shirt, yellow shoe, blue. <laughs> Actually, yeah, those were... Those, was, there was no was blue. There was green, yellow, green, red. It was stoplights because they were simple. Well, that's um, fucking gay. <clears throat> okay, so we uh, we met in an acting program for for kids and uh, it acting, was singing, and dancing. Dancing, and it oh, was God. it was a whole lot of bullshit, but it was also a whole lot of fun. And I don't regret doing that program at all because it introduced me to so many fun people like you. And yeah. uh, we've maintained casual conversation over the past, I would say, twelve years. No, it's been. And it, I was. I I, I could have done better. We both could have done better, but we were also in high school and we were also dealing with bullshit at that point. You know, and, mental and health issues. Exactly. So it came to the point where uh, I was in college and I was away from self-proclaimed best friend sitting here with us, uh, and I had found out that he was hanging out with you. That's right. And I was like... How the fuck do you guys know each other? Where Christmas is a scandal. <laughs> and then you came back into life and all is good and all is well. And I was like, this is great. I get to share friends with friends and everyone well, is fun with each other. I, I, always, great. I, I always like to say, you know, I don't believe in fate or anything, but if I had the chance to change it, you know, would I? And if I could take a yes. in the ass, <laughs> What? What? Say that one more again. time. <laughs> what was that? If we ruined it, he went too fast. <laughs> Somebody's uh, alluding to some gay porn. I think he was. Yes. So we also, uh, he's, he's new to this. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't like not being able to read and not being able to be on the show as much. Franz McBoo, who is here today, and he's on spectator mode because we need to get his ass on a leash. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> because, I mean, you know, he, he bitches that I don't come back, but when I try to, he just fucking puts me in the corner. The truth is, and I discussed this with Crying Hawaiian on last week's episode, uh, I have you over, we eat food, you get lazy, and then I ask you if you want to record, and you say no, and I will accept no other excuse. But I'm not, you're not feeding me now, and I'm hungry. Alright, so on... Why is everybody trying to get rid of me? <laughs> on spectator mode, we have Frowns Go kick his ass. Yeah. Uh, Big ups! With, with Tenron Otrin. It's so... It, does it... Does it... The way, I, my, the way my friends say it, when I do... like yeah, when I make teach a, me. When I make a play of the game, you know? You know, it's Tenron Otrin! I'm so hard right now. <laughs> um, what is it uh, you're playing? Well, one of my buddies goes like this. Ah... Uh, Oh, Tenron Otrin, oh, I just want you to fuck my cock. <laughs> oh. He actually says that. Yeah, if it, if, you know, if I make a play of the game, it's like... <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> Overwatch. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> God like dead. Uh, no, it's alive and well, even though I hate it. It's my least favorite game now. 
<laughs> when I play it, so I play it every day. <laughs> I play it so that I play it with my friends, so I get you know um, uh, uh, a boost to my morale. And my Absolutely, <laughs> it, you know if I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna say I play video games with Franz McBoohoo to make myself feel better, but every time he fucking dies in front of me and I have to revive his ass, <laughs> God knows that I'm like guardian angel. <laughs> and, you know, there's a halo above my head, and I'm like, I'm such a good friend. That's why I'm, I'm such pride. a good friend. It's pride. <laughs> Need heels. Need heels. 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 He dies so fucking much in video games. As much as your brother. That's true. He walks off cliffs. He's (laughs) just oblivious. I fell. Help me. Uh, I'm a serious. I'm a serious gamer. If 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 were to describe me is I'm a serious gamer, and the biggest game I'm playing right now is Depression. I was gonna say life. <laughs> life is a game. Yeah, and it, and eventually it ends for everyone. Yeah, game involved. over. Game over. That's your last chance. You die. <laughs> oh Jesus! Everything you did, everything you tried to accomplish in the game, was fucking pointless since you die at the end anyway. <laughs> it's like Mass, oh. it's like Mass Effect Three. France and I do this thing where in like everyday life, like one of us stubs our toe and like goes falling forward, and the other one just goes bum 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 like a game over in Mass Effect two or three. Uh, yeah, it's or the the what is it? Any of the uh, Rockstar games like waste, like yeah. Um, so I, I have a, like, there's this thing, like, I have a lot of gamers on this show that I just realized, like, Crying Hawaiian talked about fucking WoW for, like, a half hour, and I was like, I was like, you're lucky Frowns isn't here, because not only is he attracted to black men, but he plays WoW every day. Oh my god, what did he say? He, he said he hates the new stuff and wishes WoW would return to its original form. Mm. Mm. Because I mentioned you, you jack off pandas all day. Anyway, twenty dollars is twenty dollars. <laughs> so uh, today or with Amian egg rolls is part of me thinks Tenron Otrin sounds like an Avatar character, and like, I'm talking like Last Airbender. Oh you, no, you're referring to that's the, the Last Airbender series. Isn't isn't one of Korra? Isn't one of like Aang's children <laughs> named Tenron or something? Tenzin. 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 Shit. How can you forget Tenzin? That fucking goatee. Um, so he's my favorite character on the show. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, let's not go there. It's sad. That's right. Um, so I am your host, Captain Death, here with Tenron Otrin and Franz McBoohoo, and we're here to read some spoops and some stories, but before we get into the story, we have one big good story for you here today. Uh, I do have to ask, opener, um, because I loved, I love to ask uh, gamers in particular when they're on the show, horror games, if you had one that scared you and made you shit your pants the most, what would it have been? Or do you not play horror games? I do. I do play horror games okay. once in a while. It's been a, it's been a while. But I think Amnesia, The Dark Descent... There we go. ...made me shit my pants. I, I played it... I, I don't know why I chose to play it in a dark room by yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, but I think Close, a game that rivals it, and surprisingly maybe was the game, that little indie game, Slender... Okay. Yep. Slender freaked me out. Yep. 
The old one. Well, yeah, the, the, the new original. One. Yeah, the original. That not game. the um, not the one with the proxies and the multiple levels. But I'm talking the original. Yep. Forests and flashlight. Like the eight notes. Yep. And the the page. Yeah, I remember in this very basement we had the room full of people and we hooked it up to the big screen. We had a bigger TV and uh, we were playing it on my computer hooked up to the TV. Wow. And everyone is just fooling this island this island couch and a couple people are sitting on the floor with me and whenever one of us would die another one would sit down and play it and we'd see how far we oh. can get on my first try I got to note like five or six before getting wow. caught and I was just like that game, you I was having an anxiety attack while playing it and you there's know there's some weird sounds in that game they throw so much shit at you and I'm sitting here in a dark basement with like nine people <laughs> and the sound effects of my sound system is just like booming and I got this giant TV that fills up my peripherals and I was just losing my fucking mind. Slender was oh man, I had already known about Slenderman. Call back to episode 16 if you haven't listened and you love Slenderman, go to episode 16. Uh we read like an hour and a half of Slenderman <clears throat> episodes between Django Phillips and I and the last story is a story I wrote about Slenderman. So that's that's a fun one. Um, Slenderman holds a very special place in my heart. It's a very fun idea. You it's watched Marble Hornets? One. I love uh, Everyman Hybrid. I never Marble finished Hornets, Marble Hornets. The proxy short film. Um, so good. And Marble Hornets kind of gets shitty in the end, but it's it's the idea. Yep. It's the idea. And the First 50 episodes were great. Paralyzing at points. Yeah. Where I was just like, holy fuck. I felt like I was watching something I shouldn't. I'd watch it in my bed. Yeah. Me? And then you, and then you get to I think it's like <laughs> thirty eight or thirty nine and it shows the hand coming in through yep. like the doorway Ugh. in the middle of the night and you're just like fuck my life oh my god so um yeah I love I love Slender Slender so much as a kid that I wrote that story that ends the episode when I was in high school and I re-edited it when I was in college and I re-edited it again outside of college and then I was like I love this story I'm gonna fucking read it on our show and I did and uh, I got some good feedback so you should listen to that episode it's a good one you know I also like the fact that you're like yo I ask every gamer man what the, what the horror game is that scared him you didn't ask me shit Cause is, is it because <laughs> you were the first person on the show because, is it because um, my gamer spelled G-A-Y you fucking homophobic <laughs> cunt. So he holds this shit against me, but like the truth is, is we've gotten to fifty episodes, and I now have like a better way to streamline people into yeah. the show. And like Fry, like he, Fry, he has the most episodes earlier on. Now I get shit. And I didn't have any idea what we were doing yet, so stop holding this against me. It's because I'm not as funny when I'm not high. Is that what it is? Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, yes. straight edge. <laughs> so, uh, we, me and Tenron here, we're going to jump into this story now. Uh, I found this story on a thread online. There's a new creepypasta site up, and... Um, they were taking suggestions about some of the more popular, some of the more scary creepypastas, and one of them was called 1999, but in abbreviations behind it, called Mr. Bear's, I think, Attic, or Mr. Bear's Basement, and um, something about that was just like, oh, this is going to be episode 22 all over again. I'm really into it, because 22 with uh, Uncle Jerry's Family Fun Zone is probably one of the most fun experiences I've had reading a story. Um, 
So yeah, you you good? I'm ready. I'm You're ready. I'm excited. Anything you want to say before we get into it? Uh, just die. You know, every act you make, you know, you commit yourself to is uh, special in its own right. But you know, I don't believe in destiny. So I I believe in free will, um, and that free will causes men to murder one another. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that byline. Well, uh, we're going to start reading in 1999, The Creepypasta. <laughs> I, I mean, you're not going to ask what I believe in? No, no you're, you're not spectator. in the episode. <laughs> you're spectator. You're not host. Get used to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. The year is 1999. That sentence brings me back to my senior kindergarten class when I was five years old, where we used to read out the date on the blackboard every single day. The year, 1999, exists as a stain in my mind, however, as a memory that will not go away no matter how I try to forget it. 1999 marked the year I lost my first tooth, my first time on a plane, and, unfortunately, the early loss of my childhood innocence. By meeting someone named Frowns who took advantage of me as a child. (laughs) That one memory that refuses to be wiped, Frowns, it all started with that new or old TV. At that time, Pokemon was the latest fad to hit the school. Fucking loved Pokemon. We even played Pokemon Go together a couple times. Pokemon (laughs) cards, games, stickers, and the most popular, the TV show. So, of course, every time I came home from school, I would stay glued to the TV until Pokemon came on at 5. Only problem was that my dad watched the news at 5.30, and Pokemon episodes were back-to-back, which meant I had to miss an episode every day. Something I whined on and on about. My dad got tired of hearing me complain every day, Well, that must be why he went and bought another TV. My dad put the TV he bought in my room. Unfortunately, it was just an old, small boob TV. Boob TV? Boob tube. Oh. Boob tube. A boob tube. A boob tube. (laughs) Boob tube. He he gave me a boob tube. Just like frowns. (laughs) Fuck you! This, This small boob tube... I just like saying it. Boob tube. Never, have you never heard that before? I've never heard that before. The boob tube. Small boob tube. I'm just tube. getting a little bit of the boob tube. I keep thinking of a tube for your boob. <laughs> Why there much of This small boob tube with rabbit ears even. It also only had 20 channels available, not including the channel Pokemon was on. I recall I didn't care, though. I was just thrilled I had my own TV in my room. Wasn't that like WB12? At the time, like when Pokemon was first on, WB Kids. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon. That's like the first channel it aired on, and then I moved over to Cartoon Network, I think. Mm-hmm. After surfing through the channels, I came to the conclusion that only Channel 2, TVO Kids, was worth watching, so I watched that for a while. It wasn't for another few months until I discovered Channel 21. One day in April, I was flipping through the channels trying to see if Pokemon was on. I pressed channel 21 into the remote, hoping there were more channels, and to my delight, there was. My dad was surprised too, but he let me watch it because it seemed to have kids' programs on. The channel was called Kaladin, Local 21. 
and later I found out it was indeed broadcasted from the town of Caledon, Ontario, a town very close to my city. Fucking Canadians. The show I saw on Caledon, Local 21, looked poorly made, and I never understood what was going on in them half the time. However, as I grew up, every time I thought of that channel, I realized more and more how messed up the shows were, and I had to ask myself, what the fuck was I watching? The following is a list of shows and episodes I remember seeing on Caledon Local 21. How I remember such details even disturbs me, but I guess things like this stand out in your mind for a while. There were only three shows I could find on the channel, probably because the channel was only operational between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. April 1999. Booby. Episode 6. Together. I recall Booby was a show where the characters were simply live-action hands. No puppets or anything, just hands. The show featured a hand named Booby, who found himself in a new situation every episode. The show was only five minutes long and looked like it was shot in front of a damp, decaying wall with the hands always on a table with a red tablecloth, very low budget, obviously. This was the first episode I watched. The episode began with Booby trying to get ketchup out of a bottle. It actually showed him beating himself against the bottom of the bottle for a good three <laughs> minutes. Finally, another hand came by and looked at Booby together. <laughs> As Tenron makes a masturbating notion next to me. To the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> together, the other hand said. Together. And it began beating the bottle as well. Until some ketchup finally squirted out all over the table. I chuckled slightly at that part. Booby then stared at the ketchup mess for a few seconds before turning towards the camera as it slowly zoomed in on him. Mr. Bear's Cellar. Episode 12. Very sketchy name, if you were to look at it nowadays. The show featured a guy wearing a bear mascot costume who would get a new visitor into his cellar every day, and it was always a kid. The show was filmed with a camcorder and not a very good one either. The police asked me a lot of questions about this show. This episode started with Mr. Bear sitting at a table playing checkers by himself. I didn't recognize it at first, but the table was the same one from Booby. He sat there playing it for a bit until there was a knock on the door. The camera was then looking up the stairs at the door where there was another knock. Mr. Bear climbed the stairs and opened the door to reveal two young children. One was a boy about my age and the other was a girl who looked about eight. Mr. Bear danced in delight and then started talking to the kids. I couldn't hear any of them that well, I remember. Mr. Bear then led the kids into the cellar, which was quite dark, only lit by a small oil lamp on the table. I can't really remember that much more except him singing a song, which I couldn't hear too well either, probably because of the large bear mask. The episode ended with them playing hide-and-seek, with the kids hiding in a closet, and Mr. Bear counting. May 1999. Soup and Spoon. I don't think this was even a show. I think it was more of a special movie thing. All I know is I stopped watching Caledon Local 21 for a while because I thought this show was too stupid, especially since Pokemon now came on at 4.30 and 5. I don't remember much of this, but it, sh it showed a can of soup and a spoon, both attached to strings, swinging back and forth, as if someone was holding them and dangling them in front of the camera. Interestingly enough, the show was shot in a basement which, which looked just like the one used in Mr. Bear's cellar. Like I said, 
I can't remember much. The only thing I can remember clearly was the end. The entire thing was only a half an hour and just included stuff I found stupid, such as the spoon chasing the soup around trying to eat him. The ending showed a table, the one from Booby once again, and about seven kids sitting around it, each with a bowl of soup in front of them. They were sitting and looking at the camera, but with confused, almost frightened faces. The cameraman then held the can of soup in front of the kids and said, Spoons ready? And then it just stopped. July, 1999. This is Mr. Bear. It was summer, and I hadn't watched Channel 21 for a while until one day when I slept over at my friend's house, I decided to check it out again. My friend had gotten a TV in his room for his sixth birthday, so we stayed up very late. Okay, I've been questioning the age this entire time. Yeah. I, uh, this is something we've also talked about on other episodes. How does anyone remember what the fuck they were doing when they were five or six? I can't. Maybe the trauma. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... But you're right, with such detail. So his friend... I don't even know if I fucking had friends when I was five or six. <laughs> well, his friend is six. I don't know... Maybe the um, the point of view character, maybe they're not six. Maybe they're, at this point they're true. You know, I guess I hadn't. Yeah, I, I just I, in the intro he said he was like he was talking about being five. So I just true. imagined. That's true. Okay, so two six-year-olds just staying up late at night. Not like the not not like he can write it down either. True. Right. Like there's so much you can't do when you're six. I don't even understand. All right. I could barely shit on the toilet. I, I shit my pants till I was about 10. <laughs> For us, 9.30 was very late and watched TV. That's when I remembered Channel 21 and brought it up to my friend. We decided to see if it was on, and to our surprise, it was. They must have changed the broadcasting time. Mr. Bear's Cellar, episode 23. This episode was entertaining for my friend and I, mainly because it had swearing. However, now when I think of this episode, I realize something was definitely wrong when it was filmed. The episode started with the camera on its side while it was facing Mr. Bear, who was walking up the stairs to the cellar door. The camera then blacked out for about a second before fading in back upright and facing Mr. Bear. Oh my God. There was another kid talking to him, but this kid looked about 11 or 12. He was talking to Mr. Bear for a while, but I couldn't hear well, again, with the crappy camcorder, until the kid started raising his voice. The kid was saying how it was late and his sister had to go home. You could also hear more voices in the background. I remember Mr. Bear clearly saying, Get the fuck out! You're not invited! With a deep voice muffled by the bear mask. I remember my friend and I looking at each other and laughing at the mention of the forbidden F word, but the episode got weirder. The kid began climbing the stairs before turning around and saying how he was going to call the police. Mr. Bear began breaking into a run towards the kid, who started screaming and running as well. The camera then cut out, and that was the end of the episode. The channel then turned to static shortly after. Booby, episode 42, playing with scissors. One rainy afternoon, I was bored, so I decided to watch channel 21. When I started watching, some show about a guy sitting in an armchair was just finishing. I forget what it was about, though. When I first saw this episode, I thought it was four teenagers because it had blood in it, and it was very gross. When the police told me everything, I now know who the blood belonged to. The episode showed Booby in another hand with a ribbon around the pinky finger. 
Booby's girlfriend. Booby was holding the scissors and hopping around back and forth while his girlfriend slowly swung around aimlessly. Another hand shot onto the scene. The hand was similar, though, and was jerking around violently, as if someone under the table was forcing the hand, and I later found out that this was the case. Scissors are very dangerous, kids, so hold them safely, Booby said to the camera. I noticed I could also hear muffled screams, but I wasn't sure where I was coming from because of the bad sound quality. Booby's girlfriend grabbed the smaller hand, which was thrashing about, and Booby went at it with the scissors. He started with the thumb. He opened the scissors wide and clasped them onto the thumb. Blood began oozing out, and the muffled screams were now very loud. My five-year-old self was very grossed out, and that's when I decided maybe Booby was a show meant for teenagers or grown-ups. Then the scissors got to the bone. A horrible crunching noise was heard, and that's when I turned the TV off. I never discussed it with my dad because I feared he would limit my TV time. August 1999. I didn't want to watch Channel 21 after that booby episode. In August, I grew more curious to see Mr. Bear sell it for some reason, though. The last episode I saw of Mr. Bear was weird and had swearing which also made me think the show was meant for teenagers. Nonetheless, I, I flipped onto Channel 21 when my dad was busy. Mr. Bear Cellar, episode 28. Apparently this episode had been playing the entire month of August. It was studied a lot by the police. The entire episode was just Mr. Bear sitting in a chair, talking to the audience. Hello, kids. Do you want to visit my cellar? If you do, please write me a letter at this address. The screen then switched to a white screen with multicolored letters reading the address. And that was what remained for the rest of the episode. And guess what I actually did? I sent Mr. Bear, or that sick bastard who portrayed him, a letter. I did it out of curiosity, mostly. My dad was okay with it because he thought it was a legit kids show, but then again, he never saw any of what was on Channel 21. So I wrote a letter using my best writing possible. I think I just said how I wanted to meet Mr. Bear and if Booby also lived in the cellar. So my dad sent the letter to the address Mr. Bear said on the show. It stayed on all day anyway for some reason. It took about a week to get a response, which I was surprised I did. I still have the letter I received. August 15th, 1999. The letter reads, Dear Elliot, Thank you ever so much for your letter. I would love to have you in my cellar. We play games, watch movies, and go fire camping in the middle of the woods. And yes, Booby does live in my cellar. He is a very good friend of mine. Come to my house at... The police cut out this address. Caledon, Ontario, Canada. I look very forward to having fun with you. Love, Mr. Bear. I cannot believe my dad never found this sketchy because he actually took me to the house. And then, that's when the police became involved. Those endless questions, those pictures of terrified kids, the woods. That brings me to why I'm writing this blog. That psycho and his friends did some fucked up shit back then and now it seems he's trying to get into contact with me again. The entire police thing is coming back. That has brought 1999 back to me. Over a decade later, it is happening again. 
September 21st, 2011. People have been emailing me asking what exactly happened in 1999, and I will get to that. Those weird TV shows I was watching apparently were meant to attract kids to Mr. Bear's house. What Mr. Bear did shocked the entire town. My dad actually drove me to Gallatin, along with the address Mr. Bear left on the letter. The house was actually in the outskirts of the town in the open farmland. I still remember that house. It looked like an older farmhouse that looked to have been built in the early 1900s. The windows were all boarded up and the house looked in a state of disrepair. As we walked up to the house, I remember my dad checking the address over and over again and looking at the house in disbelief. Then the door opened. I expected Mr. Bear to be at the door, but I was surprised to see a police officer emerge from the creaking doorway. The officer began talking to my dad while I quickly asked if this was Mr. Bear's house. The officer's face cringed slightly and muttered, Oh God, or something like that. He started talking quietly to my dad so I couldn't hear, although my dad told me to go to the car anyway. And then we just went home. My dad was quiet the whole way home. I felt something strange had happened. But dad never told me what happened for a while. I forgot about it anyway, too. Channel 21 no longer came on, and when I asked about it, my dad would not acknowledge its existence. Much like my parents and me. (laughs) Franz just shakes his head. Well, friend, none of us exist in the void. Damn it. Uh, I think it was then. I think it was when I was 13 where I learned the truth. And much about how many of us learn the truth about life around that age, too. <laughs> this guy's been learning something at age five. I mean. <laughs> learn about boobs. Learn about boobies? Boobies. Booby, boob TVs. Are we, are we still in the same story with the ketchup bottle? Yes. We're reading one long story. <laughs> Have you been here the this entire- This is way too long! It's we're doing one long story. I think Were you not listening? You don't listen! It's, it's pretty good. Boobs! I just remember boobs! I'm gonna save my impressions though until we finish. Okay. I remembered Channel 21 one day and asked my dad about it. I guess he finally decided I should hear the truth. Calvin Local 21 was a local TV channel that ran from October 1997 August to August 1999 in the Peel region of Ontario. The entire channel was made from a house in Caledon, the one I visited, and run by a man who was not really known by anyone in town. The channel was only available to older TVs because the signal was only picked up by rabbit ears on a weaker frequency. The man created all the shows on the channel, and all of which were kid shows. His hand was booby. He he was Mr. Bear, and he was also the mysterious cameraman. The real reason he created the channel was more disturbing than what was originally thought. As you might have already guessed, he kidnapped kids and held them in his cellar. But while most people thought he was a serial child molester, he really just wanted to use the kids for another purpose. The day I arrived, the man had fled his house the night before, the day before the police went in for their investigation. I wasn't the only one who was also watching. November 9th, 2011. Sorry for not answering any questions for so long. I haven't accessed my email account for some time. Anyway, let me finally set things straight about what I know. Back in October, I visited the house previously owned by the man who ran Caledon Local 21. Two women lived there, operating a daycare business. How ironic. Now, to answer the questions you guys emailed me. Who else watched Caledon Local 21? 
I know other people watched it for sure, including those kids who wound up at Mr. Bear's house. After some Google searches, I found a few people on the Neoseeker forums who were discussing shows from Caledon Local 21. They talked about the kids' shows I watched, but also two other shows I had never seen before. A user named I Am Real Life seemed to know all the shows that were broadcasted on Channel 21. Here are the two I've never heard of. The Fallen Angel and Life. I Am Real Life described it as a fairly boring show about a guy rambling on and on in front of the camera about how we must please Satan and appease him before it is too late. Paint with a Soul. I Am Real Life and another user called Siji92 were discussing this show. They describe it as a Blair Witch-like as it consisted of the cameraman wandering around a forest at night doing nothing particularly interesting. I'll go looking for the conversation and see if I can get the link. Where is Mr. Bear, or the guy who wore the costume? If I did know, I would have said earlier. I have no idea where this guy is and if he's alive or dead, hopefully dead. When I see my dad's friend next time, I'll ask him about this. Maybe I can get a more definite answer. What did Mr. Bear do to their children? This is by far the most common question I've been asked. I found this out in October as well via my dad's friend who is a retired Caledon regional officer. Apparently, the man playing Mr. Bear took the kids out of the house and into the forest nearby. What he did there, police are not exactly sure how it happened, but 16 charred bodies of children between the ages of 4 to 13 were found in a 15 by 15 foot ditch deep within the forest. My dad's friend did not want to go into exact details, but I'm seeing him next Thursday anyway, so maybe I can extort more information from him then. That's all I have for now. Thanks for keeping an interest in my blog. I will try to gather as much information as I can for my next post. I've actually been getting pretty interested in this myself. It should be my right to know what the hell happened. Burning children. Do you think this is some kind of satanic ritual? Certainly Satan related. Um, but, you know, from my understanding, a lot of Satanists are are pretty like... Nothing like that. Nothing Satanism like that. Satanism in itself is treating Satan like the hero in a comic book, which mm-hmm. in, in itself is saying he was a liberator. He the, was an anti-hero. Yeah. And he did the necessary evil to try and bring a, an amount of rightness. Yeah. You have to ask yourself then, too, like, you know, we have that idea of Satan, that perspective, and then if this man, say in real life, you know, if anybody's claiming to do anything that bad in the name of Satan, uh, could it be, you know, just their other perspective of what some entity or some being, you know, could yeah. be, you know, requesting them to, and maybe that could be Satan. But I, I think it's just, it's, it all falls onto, under this, like, label of just, like, black evil darkness way too often, and it's just, like, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like, you gotta remember, at the end of the day, even no matter what religion you're really talking about, like, Satan wasn't, like, Lucifer was an angel. Yeah. He was an angel displaced. That doesn't just secretly make him some giant fucking thing with horns, you know. Hail Satan! February 1st, 2012. I, I was just gonna say, do you, you know as a tangent you know if you think about it hard do you think that Satan wants people to suffer no he wanted people to have the knowledge of exactly what their existence they is wanted, he wanted he wanted them beings to, know. to have free will he wanted them to know yeah he wanted them to be aware 
Um, I remember reading a really funny post where someone said something along the lines of, like, Satan was the first superhero. He could change into animals, and he liberated slaves, you know? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was hilarious. That was interesting. February 1st, 2012. I'm sorry I haven't posted anything for a while. I kind of lost interest in this blog since I hit a standstill while looking for some information about the identity of the owner of Caledon Local 21. However, a few weeks ago, I struck gold. I found some answers, surprisingly, from the fa father of a kid I used to babysit. He lives just across from my street, and I used to look after his kids when they were younger. He doesn't currently have a job either. He used to live near the woods outside of Caledon and witnessed the owner's activities in the woods. His name is Anthony Pollo. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Pollo. Anthony is, Chicken. His name is Anthony Chicken. <laughs> Anthony Jakin is my name. When he lived in the small bungalow outside the woods, he would often venture in to smoke a joint of marijuana. <laughs> marijuana. Yo, man, you want some? My name is Anthony Jakin. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. I told a story about how uh, when I was first in Jamaica, I bought weed from a guy named Tony Macaroni. And the, <laughs> the idea of buying weed from someone named Anthony Chicken is just too fucking convenient. Um... Venture into the woods to smoke a joint of marijuana or two before returning to his work as a wood craftsman. Boyo described that sometimes he would hear voices of children coming from deeper within the woods, as well as a glowing light off in the distance. Poyo told me these events started in the late 1997. Note, this is around the time Caledon Local 21 began airing. He apparently became annoyed by this happening every once in a while and actually went to investigate. Poyo then described what the whole scene looked like when he got there. There was a group of kids, he said about 13 to 17, and ages 5 to 12, gathered around a large fire pit with a burning fire. With them was a single adult. Poyo talked to the man, noting his unusual unkempt appearance of a crack addict, as well as his constant twitching and asked what he was doing out in the forest with children. The man said they were on a camping trip, something they did frequently. Poyo, not suspecting anything, Caledon had one of the lowest crime rates in Canada, simply left it at that and told them to be quieter. Poyo then paused for a while before telling me that they never became quieter. In fact, sometimes he heard loud chanting from the children in an unknown language. He didn't bother meeting with the man again. As he was moving away. I told Poyo that the man was probably the owner of Calvin Local 21, but he doubted it, as he heard that the man was moving to Pickering by several other residents near the area. Here's what I know now. The man would take kids into the woods regularly for camping. The fire pit Poyo described may be the whole of the bodies that the children were found in. The children Poyo saw are probably the ones found dead. The man moved to a city called Pickering, a small city east of Toronto. He's asleep. Not <laughs> <laughs> He's asleep. He's, he's tucked in like a little baby. Um, I will discuss this with my dad's friend, the ex-cop, and see if this matches anything the police knew about the man. I also want to see if he has any other knowledge of what also aired on Caledon Local 21. March 20th, 2012. Good news, guys. I talked to my dad's friend, and he disclosed a lot of information for me. 
First, I asked if the police had any information on the man who ran Caledon Local 21. He replied, they only had the same leads for years and never found a suspect. However, the Peel Regional Police do have some of the tapes found in the house Caledon Local 21 was broadcasted from. He took me over so I could watch a few. I guess I haven't said much about him yet. My dad's friend's name is Mitchell Wilson, a pretty nice guy. He seems to understand my thirst for knowledge on what happened during the late 90s in that house. He feels it was wrong that my dad went so long without telling me much. He took me to the Davis Road Police Station. If you don't know, it's the largest station in Caledon, and one of the largest within the Peel region itself. Each of the main stations around Peel have some of the tapes. The Davis Road Station has three. I got to watch all of them. Unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to take any home for obvious reasons. Booby, episode two. Friends are like flowers. This is one of the first booby episodes made. The camera quality looked crappier than usual, possibly an even older camcorder, but the scene was set in the same place as the booby episodes usually took place. I recognized it instantly. The episode began with booby swaying back and forth contentedly for a few seconds before another hand entered. The other hand was much smaller, looking as if it belonged to a young child. The smaller hand eagerly began bouncing around before sliding up to Booby, bringing its fingertips together to kiss Booby. After a few seconds, Booby grabbed the smaller hand and squeezed it tightly. This continued for at least 10 seconds before the camera slowly panned left until the hands were out of sight. The camera continued panning until it showed a wilted daisy lying by itself. The camera then zoomed in on the daisy slowly as the little girl's voice became audible, saying, Friends are like little flowers in the garden of life. The episode then ended. Paint with the Soul, episode 10. Garbage thrown away. Paint with the Soul was one of the shows that I Am Real Life and Sidgy92 discussed on Neoseeker. I told the police about this and they informed me that 12 episodes of the show were made and broadcasted between December 5th, 97 and January 8th, 98. Exactly as I Am Real Life and Sigi 92 described, the episode opened with the cameraman wandering around in a forest. It appeared to be during the evening as it seemed the sun was setting. The cameraman walked along a path until he got to an area where there was a lot of garbage laying in the leaves. The camera looked around at the various wrappers, bottles, bags, and boxes, making sure each item got a few seconds of screen time. The camera then focused into a single area before the man spoke. Boy. <laughs> I think you woke yourself up no, with snoring. Oh, okay. Well, that was very smart of you. <laughs> you freaked out by this? No. You should be, because this is probably the most real story we've read in a while. <laughs> it's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> okay, well, the camera then focused a little single area before the man spoke. I recall he spoke in a very timid, quiet tone, and I swear I've heard it somewhere else before, like on another Caledon Local 21 show. I could barely hear what he was saying, but he mainly talked about how humans are garbage, or something that had to do with saving ourselves by cleaning up the garbage, us. It actually sounded really stupid, but still, a feeling of dread came over me. I mean, that forest was possibly where the bodies were found, right? Mr. Bear's Cellar, episode 25. 
When the police administrator brought this tape in, I actually said, oh, shit, and chuckled a bit out loud. And chuckled a bit out loud. Of course, I got stares from the staff, but Wilson explained to them about my little experience with Mr. Bear and how I still kept the letter he sent me. Like the previous episodes, this one included the guy wearing a bear mascot costume. The episode began with Mr. Bear waddling over to the red cloth table with a bottle of orange juice in his hands, or paws. On the table were 16 shot glasses as well as a small bottle that contained an unknown liquid. Mr. Bear poured an equal amount of orange juice into each glass before opening the smaller bottle and depositing one drop into the glasses. Mr. Bear then went off camera. There were some minor sounds such as shuffling and then Mr. Bear emerged from behind the camera's location. I just have like fucking Jonestown images like flooding my fucking mind. Like he's gonna have everyone drink the fucking Kool-Aid or something. Oh my god. Like cut off kids' fingers with scissors. Don't get me wrong, I already know how fucked this entire situation is, but... Uh, Following him were 16 children. Some looked as young as four. Others looked like they were practically teenagers. As the children entered, well, he probably used the teenagers to control the young ones. If they listened, you know. He, he already mentioned that there was someone going on teenage that said, like, fuck you and tried to boost. And Who knows what he, he did? Prob- he probably caught him. He probably did something as a bear. Probably fucking mauled his face. <sighs> Frowns is used to a couple bears. No. Frowns is a bear. What's your favorite type? No, I'm not. What's your, what's your favorite type of bear? Frowns? I'm going to start calling you Mr. Bear in our everyday life. No! <laughs> Sounds like a bear. I hate you. I hate you! <laughs> you do such a good Steven Universe, I hate you. And Steven and Satan and the Stevens. <laughs> You're too good for this world. Just continue over here. Following him were 16 children. Some looked as young as four. Others looked like they were practically teenagers. As the children entered, the administrator commented that this is the only episode that showed all 16 victims. The kids all looked rather content, except for this one who had visible bruises on his face. And, unlike the other kids, he had a more fearful expression. He also looked about 11 or 12, which caused me to recognize him. He was the kid. Yeah, he was the kid who had asked about his sister and subsequently met an unknown fate at the end of episode 23. Then one episode I watched during July of 99. When I told the administrator this, he confirmed that it was the same kid. He was also featured in episode 24, an episode that only aired once at 3 o'clock in July of 1999. The police have still not found the tape. Mr. Bear then broke into song, singing about citrus fruits and how good vitamin C was for you. I could barely hear the lyrics as they were muffled by a bear mask. The kids all dwank their deuce. The one from episode 23 doing it rather reluctantly, and the episode ended. After viewing the three tapes in possession of the Davis Road Police Station, I'm satisfied, but only temporary. Well, only temporarily. (laughs) I still want to know the full story. Police just kept giving me the, the same crap about the creator of Kaladin and Local 21 being a fetishist, pedophile, as well as an apparent cultist. I will sign off for now. Get into university first. Get information later. Hopefully, I will get back to this blog as soon as possible. Prioritize. Yeah. This guy's dedicated. 
I would love if this took like a fucking, um, I don't know, like a Hellraiser twist where like they killed themselves but they like came back to life as I'm fucked up. I hope he's an alien. Shit, who would that be something? Who considers this to be normal? Right? They're gonna come back as bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, May 12th, 2012. On April 17th, I finally got my G2 license. In Ontario, Canada, this allows you to drive in a car by yourself as well as with some passengers after six months. They're Canadian, eh? They have been this entire fucking time. I hope I'm. By the way, I'm hoping. I hope I'm pronouncing Kaladin correctly. We're probably not, but I don't give a fuck. Hey, who cares? The Canadian, eh? I have making old dad noises. You turn 25 and it's just downhill, isn't it? I mean, life has been downhill. I, I would think say should, for at least six I years. I think we should get our passports ready and go on a road trip to Kaladin, Ontario. I'm fucking down. I think we should someday. I, of course, took advantage of this and drove into Caledon for a little Sunday drive. Since I haven't updated this blog in a while, I figured I might as well visit the house where the infamous channel of my childhood was located. The house looked different than it was when I saw it in October. The place was no longer used as a daycare and just sat there abandoned. However, it did have a for sale sign showing that someone still owned it, wanting to get rid of it, though. The abandoned house drew fuzzy memories from my mind, mainly of that day my dad took me to visit Mr. Bear. Why are you laughing at my fuck-ups? Bear! I'm getting, I'm already, like, kind of drunk because I have 50-50 whiskey 101 proof in this fucking Coke. I'm, I'm losing it, man. I've had a beer and a half. I'm... We haven't even eaten oh. dinner yet. I haven't eaten anything today, so this shit's hitting me. I'm, I'm fucking flying. All right. Actually, you're on the couch. Actually, die. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! <laughs> oh, a feeling of dread came upon me. That's me every day. What happened to the children while they were living in that house? I walked up to the steps to the front door and peered through the window. Inside, I could see a nearly empty hallway with a few boxes at the end. At the end of the hallway to the right was an open doorway, presumably leading... <laughs> presumably leading to the kitchen. They might have fucking cerebral palsy. <laughs> yeah. I, might. I might. Or I might have, like, Parkinson's, like, fucking Michael J. Fox. No, no, no. That was the most accurate. Oh, shit. To the left. In the hallway. Stop doing right. I can't read with you doing it. In the left, it was the scene from the shining. Some dude was getting Come with us, Danny. Come with us, Danny. Oh, shit, you're talking about the bear blowing the guy. That is Mr. Bear. That's where he ended. To the left were two doors, both apparently leading to the rooms visible through the windows outside. <laughs> All right, you guys are being—it's pretty bad. What I said—I wondered where the cellar entrance was located and whether it had been sealed up. Hold on, what if this guy does have cerebral palsy? <laughs> I'm Mr. Mr. Bear. Uh, the end of the hallway. To the right of the open hallway. <laughs> I walked around to the back of the house and found my answer. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I need a level with the audience listening. This is the first time I've been genuinely drunk on this podcast. 
Other times I'd like to say I've been slightly buzzed, but I can barely read right now. I'm pretty fucking... Whoa, let's do this. Tag me in, coach! No! (laughs) I walked around to the back of the house and found my answer. Two wooden doors lying at an almost flat angle were padlocked shut. This had to lead to the cellar. Not wanting to hang around, you cannot imagine what was going through my mind at the time. I departed. Behind the house, the empty field continued on until it reached a dense forest that lined the horizon. I wondered if that was the forest where the bodies of the children were found. I thought to myself, fuck it, and proceeded to walk across the field behind the house into the forest. The forest was oddly quiet, save for the few periodic sounds of a woodpecker drilling in the distant tree. I peck wood! That's exactly like a woodpecker. I cautiously made my way deeper into the woods, not really caring about the fact that I had no idea where I was going. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like there was something I had to find. He let him do it. Let him do what he wants. Okay, well, fine, fuck you. Just keep reading this fucking story. How long are we right now? 59 minutes. Jesus Christ! I'm afraid of bears. I'm afraid of bears. Jesus Christ. Are you a fucking wind tunnel? Yeah. It's wind through the forest. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like there was something I had to find. I came to a thinner part of the woods and a few small houses in the distance. Boy, Anthony Chicken! Anthony Chicken's house crossed my mind, and I wondered if one of these homes had belonged to him. I neared a small clearing in which I could see three adequately sized logs gathered around a black charred area, showing a small fire had been lit there recently. Hey! Get the fuck out of our fort! Those words nearly gave me a heart attack. I I just realized it was a child. (laughs) I I turned to my left and saw two dark-clothed people running toward me. Could have been a big child. My initial... My initial thought was to run, however, as they came closer, I saw that they were really just kids in their early teens, possibly 13 or 14, maybe even 12. As they approached me, they realized my size as well. I'm 6'1", while they could have been no bigger than 5'8", one might have been 5'7". We said, get the fuck out, eh? The larger one, who was wearing a slipknot shirt, (laughs) said half-heartedly. I stood my ground and shrugged. The shorter one who was wearing a Metallica shirt (laughs) entered Dicks, swung around a butterfly knife and held it in my direction. Entered Dicks! Never, never Dicks. No, you wouldn't want to, I said in a deep, serious tone. No, you wouldn't want to. Trying to sound as badass as possible, I pulled out my cell phone to fight okay. off his fucking switchblade. Was the flip phone? Yeah. <laughs> the two kids withdrew. The one in the Metallica shirt putting away the knife. Look, dude, we don't like people in our fort, so can you just go? The one in the Slipknot shirt said, obviously intimidated. I had no business being in the forest anyway, so I uttered out a simple, fine and turned before I realized I had a great opportunity. Did either of you hear of a guy who murdered a bunch of kids in these woods about uh, 13 years ago? I asked the kids. The two looked at each other in confusion before the one wearing the Metallica shirt said, Yeah, 
Everyone knows about that guy. He said to me as if I were stupid. The kid in the Slipknot shirt continued, he still lives around here in the storm drain. My big brother's friend said he saw him in a bear costume once wandering around the forest at night. My instincts told me this was probably a lie, and the owner of Caledon Local 21 is probably long gone, only existing as folklore in a smaller, isolated community. However, as a human, the thought of the mysterious unknown sparks interest within. And where is the storm drain? I asked. Just out of curiosity, I don't actually believe the kid's story, I just thought like, fucking want to ask, don't fucking judge me. The kid in the Metallica shirt stared at me for a few moments, his eyes seemingly full of annoyance yet curiosity for me. You're not from around here, are you? Why did you even come here? Now, I do admit I was slightly startled by the nature of his question, however, I figured I might as well explain why I was there just in case people mistook my intentions. I told the two kids about my experience with the man in Caledon Local 21 and that I had to come to maybe seek out some sort of closure, although... Even I wasn't exactly sure. The kids seemed familiar with the channel as they smiled and looked at each other when I mentioned it. They also became more understanding and gave me a detailed description on how to get to the storm drain. Shortly after, I decided to just turn around the way I came and head back to the house, leaving the kids at their fort. But now you're probably wondering why I left out such detail about what the kids told me just now. It is because I'm choosing to conclude what I've gathered now. Here's what's. <laughs> here's what the kids told me in here's detail. Here's the kids. Here's what's the, as the kids. Before you started, like, we should have made Mr. Bear fucking Cosby. Before you started, hello kids. I just want to fuss with the kids and the booby. Fuck you! Fuck you! Let me call the police. Why you get back here? This is the booby I am. And this is the scabbardy scabbardy scoop scoop. Come on, cut your hand with scissors. Turn around with the scissors and the fingers and the vadavadava. Here's what the kids told me in detail. The storm drain lies ahead of the kids' fort, the same direction I was heading. The drain ends at a small river where a cross water is drained out. Near here is a small playground. The kids told me that people rarely, rarely, <laughs> people rarely <laughs> use it. The man supposedly lives in the large pipe that rainwater drains out of. People have seen him, although always wearing a bear mask or the mask in a full body costume. Note, I do not believe this is true, and in fact, simply a myth made by the residents of Caledon. The story does not seem plausible in any way. Why did no one call the police? Didn't the guy look suspicious? And other questions like these leave my mind. Leave the story invalid. I may visit the storm drain. Not because I believe the story, but because I want an excuse to visit Kaladin again, so this blog doesn't die. With no more tapes to watch, I don't know what to talk about anymore. I need attention. Fucking look at me. Pay attention to me. Notice me, senpai. Thanks for continuing to support me and my blog. Yeah, fucking millennials, am I right? I know many are looking forward to more information about what happened in Kaladin during the year 1999, and I will do my best to continue my research into the topic. Elliot out. This guy's name is Elliot? Elliot! I love the storm drain thing. They just, they keep getting closer to it every fucking, like, paragraph we read. 
And I just, I love the idea of a Canadian it called Mr. Bear. Just something about that's just great. Like, uh, I just imagine Tim Curry in a fucking bear outfit going, Do you have Prince Albert in a cab? You do! Well, then you better let him out! Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh! Do you like it? You a fan of it? I've never seen it. God fucking fuck! Sorry! They all float down here, eh? Sorry! And you were too late. I'm sorry. So we just, uh, we, Frowns and I, the last time he was over, just rewatched it for probably the fourth or fifth time, and I, I'm so fucking ready for that new movie, man. You mean the remake? Yeah. It's like a re-adaptation. I mean, it's, it's the first time it's hitting theaters, so it's hard to consider it a remake. The original 90. Never made theaters? The original 92 production was a three-part miniseries on some channel. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a three-hour movie. And it's Stephen King, right? It's Stephen King. Yeah. story. Still going. Mm-hmm. October... I hate you all. October 4th, 2012. Wow. Nearly five months since I last updated. Wow. wow. You gotta do, you gotta wow. do Owen Wilson now. Wow. 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 Nearly five months. Nearly five months. Okay, you can continue. I'm guessing everyone pretty much thinks, well, wow, I was dead, right? (laughs) Fuck it, fast. Thankfully, I'm not. Wow. But in all of my seriousnessness, I I really, I, I really, Elliot here, guys, I really have been busy these past few months. And a blog about something that could have killed me as a kid is a little low on my current priority list. As of now, I am living in Waterloo, Ontario, attending the University of Waterloo for computer engineering. Yeah, I'm a keener. Whatever. What is a keener? Canadian fuck. (laughs) As you can imagine... Engineering is no walk in the park, so obviously I nearly forgot about this blog. But as you can see now, I'm back. I remember to visit the storm drain the kids from Caledon Forest told me about. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I'm like a teacher. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bored a teacher. I'm sorry. Am I boring you? Yeah, with my I'm, I'm fucking bored! Hold on, it's getting to the good part. I think. Yeah. It's along with my orgasm. Okay. We'll see which comes first. Elliot here, guys. I remember to visit the storm drain the kids from the Caledon Forest told me about. It was out in a clearing between the wooded areas nearby a marsh. Unfortunately, I found absolutely nothing, save for a turtle that retreated into its built-in home when it saw me. I snapped some pics of the pipe, which I've posted as well. Also, let me tell you, it was not a storm drain like they said it was. What I said was a simple pipe, possibly to channel the access water from the marsh. When I returned from Caledon, however, I simply kept putting off uploading everything until I forgot all about my blog. It just didn't seem important anymore. Please forgive me. It wasn't until only recently that I am now interested in my case again. On September 10th, I received an email from this email address. Return the B at Hotmail.com Funny, am I right? Well, it gets better. I'm going to copy and paste the exact email this guy sent me. Dear Elliot. 
my dear, dear boy. I've missed you ever so much. Oh, how you've grown. Your twinkling eyes have stayed the same, however. Those eyes looking for adventure. Oh, how imagining them brings warmth to my old bare heart. That day you came to me to visit me, I felt so happy. I wanted to go out and pick strawberries. He told me you would come looking. Oh yes, he told me you would come looking. Now it will be soon. You won't be so lonely soon. I'm ever so sorry I couldn't say hello when you came to visit. Not once, two times. Do not threat. However, you will soon finally get to play with the other children. I will try making my cellar even more cozier than before. A hundred fuzzy hugs. Mr. Bear. Now, obviously this letter's fake, but I still, I, well, I'd like to thank whoever sent it. Just reading this letter creeped me out. But because of it, I'm now fully of, uh, now I am full of new interest to continue my blog. I guess it's just funny trying to pursue the mysteries I've always questioned. Now my roommate knows about all of this. He thought the letter was real. He actually seemed more scared than I was for a second. Well, then I shrugged it off. So he did too. I mean, what are the chances of this being real? How would Mr. Bear know when I went to Caledon on those occasions? More or less know my email, or me still be interested in his cellar. <laughs> I'm going to send a reply to return the bee. Wow, just looking at the email address, you can tell someone wanted to freak me out. It didn't really work though, although to whoever you are, thank you for sparking my interest back into the full matter. Maybe I can find out more about what happened to Mr. Bear. Hopefully because although I don't buy that email, a part of me still feels anxious. Thank you to all those who are still following me and have become avid fans. You are also why I'm choosing to continue to do this. Thank you guys. November 9th, 2013. Wow, I can't believe this blog hasn't been deleted yet. I haven't posted anything for so long. I have my reasons and I'd rather not discuss them just yet. It's been a rather traumatic year for me. Some of you were right. I shouldn't have gone back trying to relive the mysteries of my childhood, but I couldn't resist. It's been over a year since my last post and a lot has happened. Let's recap where I'm at right now with regards to the whole Mr. Bear incident. Return the bee at Hotmail.com is no longer in use. I tried replying to the email, but I got no reply. I tried again back in March, still no response. I've actually moved up to Ottawa, the capital of Canada, for those who don't know, for university, so I haven't been back to Caledon or back home in the Peel region for a while. I had my reasons for leaving, as you could guess why. I've had to make a new email account because people kept prank-mailing me, pretending to be Mr. Bear. Thanks a lot, guys. Not. Why have I ventured back to this blog? Mitchell Wilson, remember, my dad's ex-cop friend, gave me a phone call on October 23rd about a tape that was found in a branch on the Brampton Public Library. Brampton is my hometown, in case you haven't picked up on that. He claims he isn't allowed to discuss the contents of the tape, with me as it is still in evidence, but he asked me to come check it out when I return home. That tape got the gears grinding again because we all know what was the last tape I saw. I can only imagine 
we're going to be on it. I'm guessing I must have something to do with Khaled and Local 21. I guess I just wanted to say I'm continuing this blog, and thank you for everyone who still follows it. I don't know when, when my ex-entry will be, but uh, when I see that tape, I'll write what I find. I don't know what to expect, but the idea of seeing another tape has gotten me interested in this whole mystery all over again. Elliot. January 16th of 2014. It's been a long year for me. University has been giving me the usual sleepless nights, especially since I transferred to Ottawa, which is the place to party. Sarcasm, which is the place to party. I'm getting so many bitches. My name is Elliot. Fucking fuck my dick, bitch. <laughs> That's exactly what he would say. Uh, now I'm back home with my dad in Brampton. Where's mom, I wonder? I wonder where the mom went. Oh my god, she's Mr. Bear. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have actually been thinking, like, he keeps bringing up people in the local area, and part of me was like, I would not be surprised if fucking Poyo or uh, her dad, Mitch Wilson, or sorry, his, no, cop, like Wilson, turns out to be like Mr. Bear. Bear. Or Maybe. Now I'm back home with my dad in Brampton, the town I grew up in. I got home on the 18th of December and have been visiting with my friends and family. Or at least that's what I would have rather have done. Now that festive holiday cheer. <laughs> that was a lot of cheer. Now, that festive holiday cheer that I usually have at this time of the month is absent. To answer the hundreds of emails and comments I got, yes, I did see the tapes that my dad's friend, Mitchell Wilson, promised to show me. These tapes, however, act as a curse. I want to know more, yet I want to forget everything. I couldn't help it. I needed to see those tapes. Not only for myself, but for all of you guys who are just as intrigued as I am by that ominous man in a bear suit from my past. However, after viewing those tapes, I feel that a pit of dread deep inside me once again. That feeling where I know that all those kids in those videos are dead. That I could have been one of those kids. And that humanity is a dark, dark place. If you haven't skipped this paragraph for the juicier details below, thank you for listening to my rambling. On Friday, Wednesday, January 1st, I called Mitchell Wilson and asked if there was a time where I could come by and view the tapes. Things were pretty slow at the station because of a snowstorm, so he said I could come down any time that day. The tapes were located at a branch not too far from me, so I braved the slushy roads and terrible Brampton drivers and made my way to the Peel Regional Police Station located at the Bramalea City Center. I met Wilson at the front desk, where he then led me up to the second floor and into a small office. He instructed me to have a seat and waited while he went up and got the tapes. Before leaving the office, he turned to me and said, I know you're curious, but are you sure you want to do this? Of course I did, or at least I thought so. Because Wilson's friend had pulled a lot of strings to me, to, sorry, to get me in there, and I didn't want to waste the opportunity. This particular station had four tapes on hand. I was only allowed to watch three of them, however, because the fourth tape was apparently too damaged to be played in, on a VCR. Paint with the Soul, Episode 3, How to Dust a Room. I had almost forgotten about this show. I never did see it on TV, but I did see that one episode at the Caledon Police Station. The episode opened up the camera panning across a small empty room. 
there was a window on the wall opposite of the door outside. It was light out. The cameraman walked towards the window, revealing a small clearing before a dark, thick forest about 15 feet from the window. The cameraman panned around to face the door and finally spoke. Today, I'm going to show you how to properly dust a room. I recognized the cameraman's voice as the same from before. <clears throat> Quiet, timid, only this time with a, a clear stutter. Now here's where things got weird. The cameraman aimed the camera at his feet, revealing a metal broomstick, and grabbed it with his free hand. His hand was that of a white male, so it was easy to see the fresh, bright red blood that covered it. The man explained that in order to get the room nice and dusted, you have to make sacrifices. And with that, the man began to smash the white plastered ceiling with the broomstick. Soon there was a significant hole in the ceiling revealing the wooden slats that made up the roof. The floor was now pretty messed up with chunks of ceiling littering the floor as well as a coating of plaster from the ceiling. The man aimed the camera at the floor and began to smash the larger ceiling pieces with his feet. The man then backed up to the door and had the camera show the mess he had created. Uh, and, and now the room is, is... The episode ended before he could finish. Wilson warned me that the next two tapes were more disturbing. I insisted to keep watching, although a voice at the back of my head told me I shouldn't. Booby, episode 30. Children of the Light. It was Booby, one of the shows I had actually watched as a kid. I had never seen this episode before, and now I wish that were still true. The episode opened up the same way as every other episode I had seen. A single adult hand, Booby, was rocking back and forth. After a few seconds, Booby turned towards the camera and said, Songs are sung the best when sung by children. The hand then disappeared out of view below the table. After a few more seconds, suddenly the picture cut to outside, aiming at a bonfire in a small pit. It was night and appeared to be in a small clearing in a forest, although it was hard to tell because of the camera quality. The camera then zoomed into the fire, which was burning fairly steadily. Suddenly, a human hand was forced into the fire by a pair of adult human hands. The hand was small, presumably belonging to a child and was being held firmly in place by two larger hands. Sound was absent for the first few seconds until a song began to play. The song I recognized from my childhood, I would sing it in church or at school. I went to a Catholic elementary school. If you don't know, here's a link to a YouTube video, Children of the Light. The song began playing as the hand was being held in the orange flames. It continued as the hand struggled to escape the larger hand's grip. It continued as the flesh of the hand began to turn beet red and peel away. It continued as dark smoke began rising from the hand. It must have taken only a few minutes for the hand to become blackened, save for the few instances of white bone visible under the charred flesh. Fuck. That image is burned into my mind. The hand was now limp. It no longer moved. The episode then ended. Mr. Bear Cellar, episode 30. Mr. Bear never ceases to disturb me, especially after what almost happened when I was younger. This episode took place outside in a forest at dusk, making it slightly hard to see, especially considering the quality of the film. 
a trademark of anything from Caledon Local 21. The episode started with the camera being held in the paws of Mr. Bear, aiming it at himself. That bear mask it looked much sinister in the shadows of the trees. The unmistakable muffled voice spoke up. Hello, children. Today I will be doing a wonderful thing for my friends. I will be delivering them to a faraway land where they will surely be happy. Mr. Bear turned the camera around to show an ATV with an attached trailer like this. We don't have pictures not like this. Not like this. So picture an attached trailer to an ATV. (laughs) Yes. But what stood out the most was that the trailer contained seven motionless children lying side by side. This is... Here is the first load, but more will be on their way soon. Mr. Bear turned around and pointed the camera at a large burlap tarp spread on the ground. He picked the tarp up, revealing a large hole that must have been at least 12 feet deep and maybe 15 feet wide. The rest of the episode consisted of Mr. Bear taking each kid and dropping them into the hole. I asked Wilson if they were dead, to which he shook his head and replied, Not yet. Soon all the kids were in the pit. Some were in awkward positions due to being tossed in, but they remained unconscious. The the vitamin C will surely help these children on the great journey that that awaits them. As he panned the camera towards multiple bottles of gasoline beside a bush, the camera zoomed into the bottles as Mr. Bear hummed before the episode ended. Wilson revealed to me that these were seven of the 16 victims found burnt to a crisp. The gasoline is what the man playing Mr. Bear used to light them on fire. A pit full of burning children. Who the fuck would do that? That feeling of dread found me once again when I realized that I could have been one of those kids. Wilson then explained to me that he had previously lied and the fourth tape owned by the uh, Bromalia police branch did indeed work and contained the filming of the actual burning. However, he felt that I wouldn't be able to handle the disturbing and graphic nature of this episode. And you know what? Maybe I can't. I, I don't even want to see it. I'm satisfied for now, but I just need some time to get myself together. The thing is, the man who ran Caledon Local 21 is still out there. More to come, Elliot. I-N-R-I? I don't quite know what that means, but I, yeah. I'm going to read it. Yeah. I-N-R-I. Once upon a time, there lived a boy named Elliot. Elliot was clever boy who loved playing with his friends. One day he watched a lovely television show about a bear and his children friends. The children loved helping each other as good children should, but they also loved the bear. The bear loved the children since the children were so good at helping him and the fallen angel. The children and the bear wanted to play forever with the help of their friend Booby. But the fallen angel needed even more help, so the children had to give the ultimate sacrifice. Because that's what friends do, Elliot. They help each other. Help us, Elliot. Burn with us, Elliot. I want you, Elliot. He wants you, Elliot. Come back to my cellar. Pretty please, with sugar and icing on top. Mr. B. I-N-R-I. April 14th, 2015. I wanted to update more, I truly did. However, certain circumstances had turned me off the whole Caledon Local 21 thing. 
I've since then had hundreds of emails about my blog and was even in contact with a magazine about my story, but now is the time to come clean to everyone. Where have I been for an entire year? The story of Pandora's box is true, and I opened it. I opened it last June when I watched the fourth tape in possession of the Bramalea police branch. The other subject I'd like to address is the number of joke fake emails I've been getting from people claiming to be Mr. Bear. Let's start with the fourth tape. This is what traumatized me into stopping my search temporarily. After a few weeks of playing silent, I decided to ask Mitchell Wilson if I could view that infamous fourth tape he had talked about. I don't know why, I just felt that viewing that tape would give me some closure. Wilson was obviously reluctant to show me, but I was persistent. He gave me an offer. If I was still interested, by the time I turned 20, he would show me the tape. Not being able to do much else, I just played the waiting game. By the time I turned 20 in June, I was definitely still interested in viewing the tape. I gave Wilson a call, in which he admitted that he had hoped that I would forget about asking him again, but I was not taking no for an answer. You really don't need to see it, he kept telling me. But I did need to see it. I had to at this point. Sure enough, he invited me to the Bremelia branch one Monday afternoon. Having watched every Saw film and a video of animal slaughterhouses in my ethics class, I was sure I would be able to handle whatever the tape could throw at me. How optimistic I was. Mr. Bear's Cellar, episode 31. When Wilson went to collect the tape from evidence... The officer in charge of the evidence room shook his head at me, his face saying, What are you doing? Wilson explained that this tape includes the last known episode of Mr. Bear's Cellar. I rightfully assumed that I would be seeing the fate of the children, and I began to feel a sense of dread. The episode opened inside a forest, the usual one from the previous episodes. This fact took me a while to realize because it was night. The trees and leaves just looked like shapes dancing around in darkness. A faint glow of light was present at the right side of the screen. There wasn't any apparent audio. It appeared to be a windy night, yet the trees weren't making any noise. Slowly, the camera began to pan towards the glow, revealing smoke rising from a hole with the tips of flames peeking over the top. Wilson paused at this, at this point. Are you sure you want to see this? He asked me. I insisted on it, even though a voice in my head was telling me not to. The video continued. The cameraman moved towards the hole, showing a pit of fire. This was the hole that I had seen in the previous episode, only this time it was filled with shapes. I could see shapes moving around, fluttering, flailing, some motionless. I knew perfectly well what they were. The camera began to adjust to the light and burning flesh, red, black a blur of surreal movement and colors. I wish I could forget what I saw, but you can't forget a scene like that. This was not a horror movie, this was reality. Human beings being killed in a horrifying way, a fate that I could have potentially met. The video suddenly cut to dawn. The camera now positioned farther away from the hole. The fire was out. However, there was still smoke smoldering up. A figure was up ahead. I recognized it right away. The Mr. Bear suit was laid out on the ground, empty. It looked just as unnerving. The suit was laid out in the shape of a cross. The cameraman did a lap around the suit, treating it like a treasured artifact. The place of the head of the suit 
was a sign in bold red letters, INRI, was printed. The cameraman moved back to the end of the suit, zooming into the bear's face. The episode finally ended. I was speechless. It was like a dream. You can find a lot of terrible things on the internet, but I had never seen anything like this. Wilson asked if I was okay, and I replied with a shaky yes. I assured him as we left that I was fine and that the video gave me some closure over the whole incident. He didn't seem too confident in me, but he left it at that. <clears throat> he was right, though. I had, I had nightmares for weeks. I gave up. I didn't care about the whole thing anymore. A sick man burned a bunch of kids alive, attracting them with a fake TV channel. I could have been one of those victims, and yet I'm still here. I suppose I should be grateful, but I feel guilty. Am I still here only by pure luck? Ten months later, I'm back, and now I need to address something else. My email has been flooded with messages. Some people ask for more details, some ask if I can upload the tapes, and some people email me claiming to be Mr. Bear. First, I cannot get the tapes uploaded as they're A, in police evidence, and B, I have no idea how to get VHS onto the computer. Now, to people pretending to be Mr. Bear, you're not fooling me. When you have dozens of people pretending to be the same person, it doesn't work. I've even seen a fake Kaladin Local 21 YouTube channel, which is cute, but still not real. Even more annoying is the fact that someone hacked my account just to put up some demented poem about me on this blog. I'll leave it in the entry above this one, just to show you guys. I've contacted an admin about the entry and was told that the entry was posted on Halloween. Oh, spooky. Attached to the email, paintwithb at aol.com which I assume is another joke email. I'm over episode 31 now. The images of what I saw will stick with me for a while, but I want to do one last hurrah. I will get into contact with Mitchell Wilson again and hopefully get set up with the tapes in possession of the other Peel police branches. I'll try to update you guys as soon as I can. I'm, I'm sure this won't take a year again. Thank you to everyone who still reads this, Elliot. June 21st, 2015. Hey guys. Once again, I'm sorry for taking so long to update. I've been fortunate enough to find a full-time summer job that pays pretty well, so I've been busy lately. But I managed to find the time to pursue Mitchell Wilson and allowing me to view more tapes. He managed to get me into Huron, Ontario Street Branch to view some evidence found at the sinister Mr. Bear's house. Wilson never made it clear how many tapes Huron, Ontario had, but they only showed me one of them. The tape I was shown contained two episodes. Paint with Soul, Episode 2, How to Find Berries. Paint with the Soul never stood out to me because I never saw it on TV myself, and the actual episodes didn't make a lot of sense. The episode started with the usual bad quality, cutting right to an alleyway. The cameraman had his way through the alley, the derelict buildings on one side, a rusting metal fence on the other. <laughs> hey, painting heads Today, I'm going to show how to find some fresh wild berries. I recognized that voice as the one from other episodes. Like episode 3, the man's voice was fairly shaking and sounded somewhat anxious. The man walked over to a mattress turned against a building. <laughs> Here we have the house where the squirrels hide things. The man pulled out a shaking hand. It was covered in what looked like blood. With the bad quality of the film, the liquid looked alarmingly bright. 
The hand grabbed the mattress and pushed it onto the ground, revealing a plastic container behind it. The camera zoomed into the container, revealing it to be full of small red berries. And, and, and we, and, and, and here we have berries. The man placed the camera on the ground so that it was level with the berries. He took a small handful and presumably ate them. <laughs> Tastes good, the man exclaimed. Suddenly, a scream erupted from somewhere in the distance, causing the man to hastily pick up the camera and began to sprint. The episode cut out shortly after. Booby, episode 39. Pinata Party. I was alerted that this episode contained disturbing content. After the last episode of Mr. Bear's Cellar, I believed that there isn't anything I couldn't handle. I hadn't seen a booby episode in a while, so I was curious of what would be involved in this one. I now wish I hadn't. The episode started off fairly normally. Booby and his unnamed companion were talking about how they were planning a party for their friends. Booby suggested that they use a pinata as a party game. His friend agreed, and the hand playing the character began doing odd finger motions. The episode suddenly cut to a dimly lit room. It appeared to be an empty pantry, as Frown masturbates and scissors and salmons in the corner. What hit me instantly was that there was a man bound to a chair in the middle of the room, his body appearing lifeless and slumped over to one side. When another man walked up from behind the camera, the man in the armchair began to struggle and muffled screams could be heard. The other man was wearing dark clothing with a hood to obscure his face. The other man then produced a metal baseball bat and held it over the man's head. He took a swing and landed a hard blow. The sound was dull, but deep enough that I knew he had been hit hard. The other man mostly obscured the view, but the man in the chair was now lifeless and slumping forward. The other man continued to swing it and hit, eventually producing blood that began to paint the white ceiling and wooden walls. I'm glad that the other man remained and obscured the view. I would not have wanted to see the result of the baseball bat to human head. The episode ended shortly after. That episode was definitely on the disturbing side. I asked the officers if the man on the chair had been identified, and they said that it was apparently the father of one of the children kidnapped by Mr. Bear. I guess he went to Mr. Bear's house to rescue his son or daughter. I didn't ask for a name, but I'm wondering if I should have. I also realized that this episode was close to the infamous Playing With Scissors episode. If the other later episode of Booby are like this, I don't think I want to see any more. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to view the police videos. I honestly feel like I'm going nowhere, and when I try asking for help, all I get are joke emails and people claiming to be Mr. Bear. The one email, paintwithbeataol.com, is an obvious fake email about how he, it, loves me, and when I replied telling him to fuck off, he just replied with INRI. This shit really has to stop, but I digress. I will continue to seek out information. Thank you for continuing to read this madness, Elliot. That's all we got. I don't know if it's going to continue, and I don't know if there's if it's an ongoing thing right now, but shit. That's all I got. I don't know. A lot of videos, apparently. It seems like it takes him about a year between every... He's really stretching it out. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so upset that we don't have an ending right now. <sighs> but maybe that'll... Give me something to look for next time you're on. Yeah. I, st- I still think it was really cool. It was. It was cool. 
called 1999. I really enjoyed that, and I really enjoyed reading with you. I thought that was really fun. It was. Um, it was very fun. But uh, I really wanted a fucking ending. I really wanted to know where this was going, and we don't have it. <laughs> and now I'm just upset. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about INRI. What? 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 What do we even say? So we know we know names. We know Caledon, Ontario. We know what was his friend, the dad's friend's name, Mitchell Wilson. We know his <laughs> he knows, Anthony Chicken. He, we know his name is Elliot. I'm literally going to the bottom of the story. Yeah, that's where it ends. Um, there are uh, that's that's this is something I, I haven't been able to discuss on any other episodes, but this is the first. Creepypasta that inspired other people to come forward and kind of con- continue the narrative. And I don't know if I like that. Because I don't know if this is... That it's all... Just I don't know if this is genuine or if it's just fan, fan fiction. You know? Mm-hmm. And that kind of... That kind of fucks with my perception. Well, I, you know, I, I guess there's I'm, one way to, to, to know for sure. We gotta do our own investigation. <laughs> Fuck. We gotta go to Caledon. Road trip, bro. We gotta go to Caledon. This creepypasta. I mean, I'm on Google right now. This creepypasta has inspired so many spinoffs, and it's even caught the attention of Bloomhouse uh, Studios, which is the people who make Insidious. And really, I like Conjure. Insidious. It says the last update. I'm seeing a lot of 2015 and 2016, so I would like to think that if there was any more to it, it would have happened by now. Absolutely. It had been 2017 for a while. It is. And that last post was 2015, so I would like to think that if there was more, we would have more. Yeah, at this point. I think that's the ending, though, that we don't know. It leaves you off with watching some of maybe the last videos of Mr. Bear and another police department. It does seem like it's stretching it out. They're going to other police departments. Why Why is the evidence spread so far over to different police departments in the Peel region of Canada? I don't know what the Peel region is, but... It doesn't sound like it's hopping with people. No, it's... It's, it's, it's really, it's really strange, and I'm... I'm really impressed by the, by the writing quality and also the, um... Do you think it was made by one person or multiple authors? Your gut reaction. Uh, my gut, my gut is saying that this is a, this has been a narrative that someone has maintained and has gone back to. It sounds and, like the same tone. It's it's entirely. Uh, I'm going to maintain that it's been entirely fictional and that he hasn't been able to get it out of his head while writing it. So he goes back every year and he writes something new. But I think this is like the fir- I think 2016 was the first year where he was just like. I'm moving on with my life. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I have no reason to go back to the narrative. I'm cool with leaving. If everyone else is, is cool with it being left there, then like I'm cool with it being left He's around my there. age. He's around if he If he was if he was five in nineteen ninety nine. I was I was I born in ninety four. I was born in so, ninety two, so seven, yeah. This guy's my age. He he's either still in school or graduated. Or maybe he dropped out, we don't know. But Maybe he's dead. He's he's a bona fide adult, and he could be moving on. But I was born in ninety one. <laughs> I want to say no one asked, but you're here. Uh, I, hate, I hate you. So we just we read Mr. Bear's Cellar, uh, aka nineteen ninety nine, here with Tenron Otrin. 
Trojan. Ten, ten Ron. Oh, ten Ron oh, nice oh. play, bro. Oh, ten Ron. Oh, fuck. Yeah, um, I had a lot of fun reading that. That was really fun. Um, I thought long. the quality was yeah, it was it was long. I hope everyone you know got nice and buzzed and just sat back and listened to it. But uh, uh, that's it. That's all I got. You know, I wish there was more. I, part of me loves an ambiguous ending to a horror story, but part of me also hates it. This is like the epitome of ambiguity, too. A post that's unfinished, like a story that's unfinished. Like he he yet, watches yet the so close to the end. It seems. Or maybe <clears throat> maybe the end is that Bear finally got him. And we just don't know. With the hacking of his blog, with the Iron Eye. I don't know. Which right? I do think is a hack. There's some fucking jackasses not... out there, though, who just will fuck uh, around with people. It's so, yeah. It's so hard to actually figure it out, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Great story. Great story. I thought it was really fun. And I'm glad that I read it with you. Yeah, very fun. Uh, so, how'd you feel about your first recording here on Lots of Pasta? Uh, next time, I definitely want to do multiple stories. Okay. I, I want to switch it off. Because I, yeah, yeah. Be, I think it'd be fun to explore other characters. And it's a, it's a, it's a powerful introduction yeah. to, to you on an episode with yeah. a single narrative. I hope everyone else enjoyed uh, listening to this episode. I hope you got nice and blitzed, you know, like I did, like the German Blitzkrieg. You know, I'm I'm pretty fucking drunk right now. I'm going to level with you. I'm pretty... F- you probably can't tell making eye contact with me from across the room. From you you just learned from. some words. <laughs> maybe a couple. Maybe a couple, two, three. <laughs> you know what? Let me go back. Let me ask. Franz, what did you think of this story if you weren't falling asleep the entire time? Oh, I mean, you know, it was, it was nice to get a little, you know, fucking input on this piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm ever going to come back. Yeah, Bear Bear. What do you think, Mr. Bear you know, Bear? You know, I'm going to jump onto what you just said. I think Franz I think Franz is like the American version of Mr. Bear. <laughs> you know, it's nice that it gets to decide what Stop kind of Stop saying his name! You know, I think it's nice that Trojan Otrin gets to decide what shit he wants. Maybe I don't want dick stories anymore. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I like dicks. Maybe I don't want to read about them all the time. Yes, you do. Maybe there's other things I'd like to you've do with li- them. You've literally <laughs> asked me. What'd you think about Mr. Bear? It was What'd you think about the story? Well, I know it was, well, I know it was long, but getting, getting over the fact that it was long, I get that. But like, What part stuck out? It was interesting. I would say just the concept of everything being in a blog post, it almost made it seem like it was real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a, it would be interesting to see if a publisher took it to an actual like producer and made a movie out of it. It's haunting shit. It's kind of like very Slender plausible. Man. It's very, yeah, I would say it's more plausible than Slender Man. This Ooh, is sure. real life shit. Sure. You Ooh. think about Ed Gein, you think about um, Gacy, John Gacy. Well, you, you think about everything like that, and I mean, it turned out to be very realistic. I could see this actually happening to someone and a group of people. But, uh, a lot of kids, though. But that's, that's what true. I mean. Gacy targeted kids. He dressed up as a clown. He he would tell them that he's performing a rope tying trick with their hands, and he would tie their hands together and then beat them over the head with a fucking pipe, and then put them in the put them in his basement. You know, this is this is real life shit. But um, this guy killed so many kids at one time. That's the f- remarkable all for thing. the appease of what is a. I would appropriately say a satanic, satanic something ritual. like that. This guy obviously viewed humanity as a disease, which I can understand <laughs> logically. No, it was man's breast. But this guy's moral compass was way off track. 
Yeah. Severe. This guy, this Mr. Bear, is a severely disturbed individual. Because there's so many posts. I even even looking at the Google again, like it was like a lot of spinoffs. Not only a lot of spinoffs, but some. There was like a post about like whether or not it was true. Is that something to to fucking dive into, right? That would be yeah. I'm gonna leave that up to you guys. I'm gonna leave that up to the listeners. If you're really as interested and as devoted as as I would like to think you are, then maybe you could research this shit because I don't think we've ever gotten quite as close to anything so real. Right um, the search and rescue stories are probably like the most accurate, but that's just because they're written in like a slice of life kind of story. Um, I think this is something that it reads like shitty blog spot you know to play off of it and and you know i can i can't help but think of like ted the caver or um know the dionysus house there are two things online i can't read them on this show because the narratives are too long and the it's more about the delivery than it is about the story itself uh ted the cave uh, ted's caver um if you look that up, it's on, like, an old 90s, like, Zanga-looking blog about um, a guy exploring a cave. And as it gets further and further, you start to realize there's shit in the cave. And you start to realize that stuff goes wrong when people go in the cave. And then one block spot ends with him just saying, I'm going into the cave. And then it just fucking ends. It's such a great... It's, like, 23 pages. Uh, Dionysus House is actually spanning seven websites. Seven different websites, all from different people's emails. Like, they wrote this thing so fucking nicely. Um, It spans seven different websites, seven different blogs, all about people trying to find out what happened to their spouses. And every time a spouse goes missing, another person comes into the blog trying to figure out what happened to that last person. And every time that person goes missing, another person comes on. And it's just all about people discovering these houses in Midwestern states that don't lead anywhere, with doorways that don't make sense. And with, it's, it's very House of Leaves, in case you've ever gotten into that. It is so fucking cool. If you haven't read Ted's Caver's story or Dionysus House... Fucking do it. I want to read Dionysus. So the bears say, Dionysus is Nysus. The god of wine and drinking. God knows. Fertility. Yeah. No, that's not fertility. Oh, Dionysus is the the god of partying. Demeter's the goddess of fertility. Yeah, and home. Yeah, fuck The hearth. So that was Lots of Pasta episode 53. I hope everyone enjoy listening. And, uh... And if you're vegetarian... Final message for the audience, Ten Rob. Well, I guess we have to embrace the nature of humanity, which is um, no. the The nature of humanity could possibly be storytelling. You know, we we have uh, since the dawn of man have been telling stories, and I think that's part of who we are, the essence of our being, and. But fuck it. It's all pointless anyway, so don't tell stories. Be a fucking loser. Be boring and be friendless. God knows I am. I want to die right now. This is Tenro Notrin. Sign up. <laughs> die! <laughs> take, take the shot. shot. <laughs> God damn it. Last night in the deep